Kitchen Brain Podcast is brought to you by Be Better Culinary Perspectives, life and leadership coaching. My name is Mike Matarazzo. I'm a chef, a certified life coach, and founder of Be Better Culinary Perspectives and Chefs for Change. I help hospitality professionals and service professionals find balance and direction while maintaining positive leadership. Through my practice, I offer one-on-one coaching sessions where my clients and I develop a co-creative relationship that helps them find the answers to their most challenging life questions. I've come up with a variety of different plan options to fit any schedule or budget, and have even designed a text coaching plan that puts me in your pocket. We could all use a little extra support and guidance now more than ever. To find out how a coaching relationship can help you, visit our website, BeBetterCP.com, or send me an email at MichaelM at BeBetterCP.com. We work so hard to serve others. It's about time we start serving ourselves. Kitchen Brain. Hey everybody, Mike Matarazzo here. Welcome to season two of Kitchen Brain Podcast. Finally, uh, season two is here. I couldn't be more excited about it. I talked about putting up season two back in March, and uh, needless to say, lots of things have happened over the last year. A lot of exciting things. Um, you know, it's all all good stuff, but uh, you, plenty of things have have uh, come about, and I've started some things that are new and exciting and here we are in October and finally getting out season two of Kitchen Brain and I I really couldn't be more excited about the season and this episode is I don't have a guest for this episode I wanted to come on by myself for episode one um, and briefly kind of give a look into what to expect for this season it's going to be a little bit different than than season one and I'm going to explain all that, but you know, I've been, I've been up to some things over the last year, and uh, I want to share a couple of them with you. So I started Be Better Culinary Perspectives. I became a certified life coach, and uh, Be Better is a life and leadership coaching practice that uh, I'm, I'm really proud of. And I, what I do is I help. Uh, service-oriented professionals, mostly hospitality-related at the moment, but anybody who is involved in a service-related profession, whether it's uh, hospitality front or back of house, um, you know, law enforcement, nursing, firefighters, uh, servicemen and women, uh, anybody who has dedicated their uh, professional life to serving others, uh you know, it's it's very common and easy for us to be so consumed with serving others that we often lose sight of the fact that we need to serve ourselves. And the coaching practice basically helps people in one-on-one scenarios uh, to kind of think through their own challenges, uh, become a little bit more self-aware, find balance between the profession that they love and are, are devoted to and their personal life uh, outside of their profession. And that's been, that's been awesome. That's been really rewarding for me. And, you know, I learn, I learn a lot about myself in the process as well. 
Um, Chefs for Change is a Facebook group that I started that I'm also really proud of and and really, really surprised and uh, pleasantly surprised at the growth of that group. It's a private group on Facebook. Facebook. Uh, we're approaching 1,800 members, and it's a, a, a really great community of chefs or former chefs that realize the need for change in many aspects of our profession, whether it's leadership style, culture and environment, mindset, mental health, self-awareness, self-care, all these things uh, that ultimately are contributing to some of our challenges that we face now in, in, in the restaurant and hospitality industry, uh, staffing challenges, um, and, and beyond. So that, that's something chefs for change. Check it out. If you're not already in there, uh, check it out on Facebook. You can, you can join and, uh, um, I think you'll find a lot of support. I think you'll find that you're not alone in a lot of the challenges that you have. And I, I, st I wanted to start my own group because, you know, man, you go, uh, to these groups that already exist on Facebook and other social media platforms. And I would go there to see the kind of conversations that people were having and, and see, um, you know, how people are supporting each other, how people are communicating and, and kind of what everybody's saying about the things that are going on in the industry. And man, it's, I it just, I just came across page after page and comment after comment of just pure toxicity and negativity. Uh, and, and I am the polar opposite of a negative person, right? I, I do very poorly in negative environments. Um, I, I just don't have any use for, for negativity in my life. And I've always run from it. But when you, when you see some of these pages, you see some of these comments and you see, uh, you know, chefs and hospitality professionals celebrating the, the negative lifestyle that sometimes comes along with what we do and wearing these things as a badge of honor and, and promoting it. And that's really, that's really what they're doing is, is we are marketing a substandard lifestyle to the next generation. And then we're wondering why nobody wants to be in the industry. Um, season two here is going to be heavily geared toward mental health. And, you know, I've always spoken about mental health uh, in season one. There were, there were highlights of, of mental health and self-awareness. Uh, but I really thought that it would be most beneficial to have a high concentration of mental health conversation in season two because of what I'm seeing uh, and the conversations that I'm having with other hospitality professionals. And there is not a lot of awareness for the resources that are available to us when we're faced with uh, challenges. And there, there is an abundance of resources out there and just not enough knowledge of where to find it. So uh, my guests for season two, um, many of them are 
people who have started or are part of organizations that provide these resources and provide this direction. And I wanted to make sure that the season was one where people can listen to the episodes and come away from it with some solid sources for for help for whatever it is that they're challenged with and and don't don't mistake that for for problems that you don't have um because the words mental health are confusing i think to a lot of people when i say mental health to you it's very natural that your mind is going to go to something negative it's going to go to mental illness people don't hear the word health for some reason you say mental health and their ears hear mental illness and if they don't feel like they have an actual diagnosable mental illness that everything is great and they don't even have to stop and think about it but mental health is not a diagnosis Mental health is a state of being. Mental health is something that we all have. Uh, it's just like physical health, right? Uh, we all have a state of physical health. Sometimes our physical health is strong. Sometimes our physical health is weak. And, you know, a lot of times it falls somewhere in the middle. Same thing with mental health. You know, sometimes your mental health is, is pretty strong. And sometimes it needs a lot of attention. Um, but it's always something that people should be thinking of and aware of, right? Just because your mental health is not particularly strong doesn't mean that you have a mental illness. It doesn't mean that you need to seek professional help from, you know, uh, a psychologist or psychiatrist. Um, it's not always something that requires that. Uh, if you are stressed out, that negatively affects your mental health. And it's, you know, it's funny sometimes I ask people how they would um, describe their mental health. And I've gotten answers. Uh, I, I got an answer once where somebody said, fortunately, I don't have it. So it's all good. And, you know, that, that's a very common way to think about it for people is I say, how's your mental health? And they're like, oh, I'm not crazy. You know, I don't have, I don't have mental health. I'm good. And, and you know, you, you do have mental health. And it is either good or not good uh, or it needs improvement, right? But we need to put more time into realizing that and being self-aware right if you're angry uh and and negative most of the time what is causing that what is it that needs to change to um make you more positive about things that's starting to be self-aware that is starting to get to the root of the challenges that you're having right um you know the reason why I started the life coaching thing 
and started Chefs for Change and started researching and talking about mental health and the environment in which we provide to our teams um, and culture and, and all those things, I, a few years back, um, I showed up to take the Certified Master Chef exam. And this was kind of, you know, a, a lifelong journey as it normally is for people. It's, a, it's an eight-day-long test, and, um, you know, only 70-something people have ever passed the test. And it's, uh, it's, it's really difficult um, to get through. And I got to a point in my career where, um, you know, people who were our certified master chefs were, were you know, mentors of mine, and uh, I was kind of given the nod, so to speak, to, to you know, get, get ready to take the test, and, and I did, and um, I got ready, uh, and I got ready the way that I, the only way that I knew how, the way that I had been programmed to prepare for things like this. Um, I did a lot of competing earlier in my career, um, went to the Olympics in, in Germany in 2008 with the, the regional Olympic team, um, you know, uh, competed for chef of the year in 2010. I was very successful with, um, a lot of my competition journeys and the only way that I knew to get ready for that was, you know, what most people do and you, you, you buckle down. You tell your loved ones that you're, you know, not going to be around much for a while. You focus, uh, get tunnel vision, and just focus on the goal. Um, and you put your head down and you push. And that had always proven to be successful for me. Um, so I, I kind of uh, employed the same mindset for getting ready for this exam, right? But... You know, fast forward, I'm at a different stage of my life um, than I was when I was competing regularly, and uh, I I didn't go about the, the journey to get ready for this exam the way that I should have. I made a lot of errors in my preparation, and the errors that I made were not, um, were not related to food knowledge or cooking practice or research or any of that, the, the, the mistakes that I made were related to myself, how I ignored anything and everything that I was feeling during the journey to get ready for that exam. And ultimately, um, you know, to kind of make a, a, a really long story short, after day two of the exam, I withdrew myself because I had suffered a fairly significant breakdown. Um, and, you know, I, I don't blame anyone or anything for that event other than myself. And, and ignoring signs leading up to that test that... Um, had I stopped to think about them, had I stopped to be self-aware and address the challenges that I was having mentally leading up to it, I might have been successful in that endeavor. 
and uh, you know the story is is much longer and more detailed. But I went to speak. I was invited to speak at uh, the Chef to Chef conference in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I believe it was in 2019, and I decided they they asked me to speak about the challenges of recruiting. Oddly enough, and I decided to talk about the fact that we tend to market our profession in a in a negative way. We market our profession to the next generation um, subconsciously by posting celebrations of a toxic lifestyle and, you know, sleeping on prep tables and in booths of dining rooms and um, eating hunched over behind the line, uh, you know, as quickly as possible just so you can eat something. Um, all of these things that, you know, have happened, still happen. I get it. Sometimes it was fun. Some of the best meals that we've eaten were behind the line. And I, I get all that, right? So high five. Um, fast forward to a new generation that doesn't really seem to be interested in any of that. They, 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 they don't care. They're not impressed. It doesn't excite them. It doesn't have the same nostalgia for them as it does for us. And when I was on stage, I decided that I was going to tell the story of my CMC exam journey in detail to 300 strangers. And I didn't, I didn't leave anything out. I was very transparent. I was very vulnerable. I, I spoke uh, in a very detailed way about the things that happened to me mentally and physically um, all the way up until the point that I crumbled. And the thing is, I got off stage after that talk and I thought that I was going to get off stage and go grab a cup of coffee and come back into the room to watch the next person present their, um, their thing. And when I got around to the front of the stage, there was a line of people in front of me, strangers, um, you know, chefs, uh, grown men and women who I've never met before that were some of them in tears not because of my story, but because of their own story. And strangers started to tell me in the middle of this uh, auditorium what their challenges were. And that's when I realized that this is a really big issue and something that I just triggered in a whole room full of people that I've never met before just by opening up about some of the challenges that I've had. And that was really kind of the driving force for starting, um, for starting all of this. And, you know, today we're in a time where we are, all we talk about is the staffing issue, right? Um, Nobody can find staff. I know, you know, I'm, I'm not immune to it where I am. Um, 
but it's it's I think it's really important to uh, underscore the fact that we had issues with staffing before the pandemic. Okay, and I think the danger that we face right now is that the pandemic is making us forget that this was a problem that existed a decade ago and has not done anything but get worse over the last 10 years. Now, COVID was a catalyst for it. COVID exposed our challenges. Um, you know, two and a half million restaurant workers completely left the industry in 2020. So, you know, yeah, uh, it was a catalyst and we are worse off than we ever were now. But if we lose sight of the fact that it was happening, it was starting already before COVID, then all we're going to do is blame COVID and not address the actual issues that we already had. Uh, the things that need to change to once again make this profession appealing to people. And our audience for prospective uh, restaurant workers is wired a bit differently than it was before. And they're not excited about the same things that we were excited about. Uh, they're motivated by different things. And it's not just money. Um, everybody believes that, you know, we, we throw more money at people and our problems will be solved. Uh, the money and the pay rate for hospitality workers absolutely is something that needs to be looked at and improved. I get that. But to say that that's the issue and that alone will solve our problems of finding people um, is really kind of ignoring the entire picture, right? Recently, you know, people have talked about the unemployment benefits, the enhanced unemployment benefits during the pandemic that cause everybody to just stay home and milk the system. I think we're past that. I think uh, most places have lifted those benefits. And I don't know about you, but uh, I haven't seen a single shred of uptick in applications since unemployment benefits were lifted. So that's out the window. Well, then it comes back to culture. And what is the culture of hospitality? What happens behind the scenes? And how does that affect people's desire to be in this industry? I look at the last couple of years and, and the results of the last couple of years as, as it's affected what we do as a tremendous opportunity for change. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to see such um, 
a high rate of, of articles coming out uh, with titles that say things like the customer is not always right. Um, you know, when did you ever think you would start to see that messaging come out um, about restaurants? And change is a funny thing, right? Uh, a lot of people recognize that things need to change, but uh, a lot of the same people will do nothing but throw out reasons why things can't change. And when I speak to people uh, about change, often you hear uh, a, a similar template where they will say, well, we can't change this because of that. And then, you know, that's where the thought stops. That's it. I've stated it. There's nothing we can do. The problem is we focus so much on the words before the second half of that sentence, right? We can't change this. That's what we focus on. We can't change this because of that. Well, now we have to look at that and see how to change that, right? The model, I think the whole model needs to change, right? Um, if the model is not conducive for the things that we are looking for, the things that the next generation is looking for, then the model needs to be burned down. The model needs to change. We can't just stop the conversation and justify the model and, and accept it, right? That does not bring change, right? Um, change needs to happen um, at, you know, several levels. And, you know, the expectation of diners in restaurants, that needs to change. You know, a lot of people say, well, we can't, we can't operate a restaurant like this because everybody coming in the door expects that. Well, then we need to look at that and change the expectation. Now, how we do that, well, that's, that's the conversation that we need to start having. How do we change the culture um, and the expectation of diners, right? The template that we currently have in the industry is severely broken, and it, 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 needs, it needs to change. And that's really what all this is about, right? Um, how do we attract people to this profession? Well, first we have to ask ourselves what it is that's making them uninterested in the profession. And it's a lot of things. Money is one of them, right? Um, but, you know, some of us have remedied that and gone to great lengths and great expense to increase wages in hopes that that would bring an influx of applications to our doorstep. And it didn't happen. So it goes back again to culture. The places that are working really hard to create unique and different positive cultures 
within their operation for their teams to provide benefits outside of the normal medical, dental, retirement plan, um, you know, places that already offered those still have work to do. Um, because you can get those in almost any occupation, right? I would say that's a baseline of expectation. But what else do you offer, right? So here's an idea. Uh, this industry is inherently stressful. And that is not, it's not going to change, right? The things that we are tasked to do, we provide a product <clears throat> for people that is 100% from scratch, made by hand, made to order by people every day. That comes with some level of stress. And yeah, there's, there's, I, I'm not under any delusions that we can turn the hospitality industry into an industry that doesn't carry stress. But since we know that the people who work so hard for us every day are up against that stress as a result of what they do for us, I don't think we can just say, well, you know, that's what they signed up for. That's what it is. Suck it up. Maybe they're not cut out for this. Well, that's not working anymore, right? I think it's pretty obvious that that, that mindset, that reasoning um, is, is not doing it for us. Because guess what? Nobody's applying. So instead, what can we do to help provide resources and support to our teams that recognizes the fact that we know they're stressed out. We know that what we ask them to do every day uh, is, is affecting them. What can we do to provide things that alleviate that a little bit? How to deal with stress, how to manage your stress. Do we allow people to have feelings and emotions? Do we allow people to be a little bit vulnerable and express their challenges a little bit and point them in the direction of support? Do we allow those conversations to happen? Do we allow somebody to take a mental health day because they have some, some things going on, maybe outside of work, that um, are affecting their ability to perform at the level we expect. And that's, that's, that right there, I know, is a pretty controversial thing. People hear a mental health day and instantly they start talking about how everybody's just going to take advantage of that and lie about, you know, issues that they're having just so they could have a day off. Uh, and I, I think that that's a pretty extreme um, conclusion to jump to. I think that anybody who would take advantage of that concept and constantly ask for a mental health day or constantly use the excuse of challenges uh, just to get out of work, I think you already know uh, who those people are. I think you probably wouldn't be very surprised at the people who, in your operation, who would do that. Uh, and I think you as a leader 
should be able to recognize that and filter that out and manage that while still allowing people who are, you know, the most loyal and and the most dedicated and the people who really contribute to your operation positively, um, you know, people have issues that pop up just like you do. Um, and ignoring them and not speaking about them, uh, that leads to all sorts of bigger problems. If you want your team to perform in a stressful environment at a high level, you need to be empathetic. You need to understand what it is that they're challenged with and be a source of support for them. And one of the number one reasons why people at higher levels in the industry, managers, executive chefs, uh, general managers, owners, the reason why uh, it's difficult for them to provide that kind of support is because most people in those positions also haven't figured out how to manage their own stress, their own uh, challenges. They just suck it up. They just swallow it and keep their head down and push forward, um, which is a detriment to their own life, to their own mental health. Um, but that's how they were programmed. And, um, you know, it's a vicious cycle. So uh, season two of Kitchen Brain, like I said, is, you know, definitely geared toward mental health. Um, it's one thing to, to feel like you're a solid leader uh, based on your track record for profitable operations. It's another thing to be honest with yourself and realize that you also might need some help in managing your own challenges and your own struggles. Um, you know, so it was important for me to have season two be about mental health um, because I think everybody at all levels of an operation uh, has challenges and many of us just don't know where to go to deal with them. Um, so I, I wanted to provide those resources. I wanted to introduce the listeners of Kitchen Brain to individuals who are doing great things to help people. And, uh, you know, like I said, this, this episode right here was uh, just a free-form rant about the way things are going in the industry. Um, there will be guests for every other show this episode, so uh, if you've you've had enough of me after this one, uh, fear not. There are uh, some people who are um, more interesting than myself that are going to be on here to, uh, to to show you some different things that you could do, different places you can go to uh, find some some help and assistance and support and positivity. Uh, so thank you. Thank you all for, for watching uh, episode one. Season two is finally here. Uh, if anybody uh, is interested in learning more about the life and leadership coaching, uh, get in touch, bebettercp.com. Uh, you can email me, michaelm at bebettercp.com. 
and I'm happy to uh, to do a 30-minute uh, discovery session with anybody so you can kind of get a feel for what coaching is uh, and how it can help you kind of sort through things. Um, mainly hospitality professionals are who contact me the most, but I do work uh, also with all service-related professions. Um, so get in touch. Check out Chefs for Change on Facebook. Join the group. Join the conversation. And... If you're on YouTube right now, hit that subscribe button, like it, share it, tell all your friends about it. And uh, I look forward to uh, continuing Kitchen Brain Season 2 with you all. I hope you all have an amazing day and keep on pushing through this. We're all going to get through this together. So thanks for listening. Kitchen Brain.